Our world is full of confusion and perversion when it comes to the subject of love. If you want to understand true love, you must come to know the God who is love. Join Scott Pauley now as we dig into 1 Corinthians 13 and seek to go deeper into the love of God. One of the favorite chapters of the Bible is 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, and it is a summary passage. If you had to say, is there a chapter, the whole chapter is committed to a certain subject and deals with it in a very thorough way, this is one of those summary chapters. 1 Corinthians 13 is a chapter about the love of God. And now we started at the end. Uh, matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 concludes this way, the greatest of these is charity. So let's go back now and look at the beginning. In fact, you have to go to the end of chapter 12 to find the beginning of this theme. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31, it says, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. I have marked in my Bible the last verse of chapter 12 and the last verse of chapter 13, like bookends on the subject. What is the love of God? It is a more excellent way, and it is the greatest of these. Why does God say it is a more excellent way? When God says something is more excellent, that is not human hyperbole. That is divine revelation. He means it is higher. It is nobler, fuller, grander, better. Why? It is God's way. Now, the word that is used all through 1 Corinthians 13 is the word charity. It is the word for the love of God. It is not uh, the word for emotional love. It is not the word for friendship love. It is not the word uh, for uh, sensual love and attraction. It is the word for divine love. It is agape. It was not the common word of the day. In fact, the Holy Ghost, I believe, created this word. It is God's word. It is God's way. It is God Himself. We're not talking about simply being nice to people. You should be nice to people, but that's going to grow out of an understanding of the love of God. When God's love captures you, when the God of love consumes you, then that changes everything. The deepest ocean ever discovered is the love of God. That's why in Ephesians chapter 3, the Bible says Paul prayed that they would understand the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of God which passeth knowledge. Think of that. We typically refer to the love of God like it is entry-level truth. Uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And so we say, well, you know, you've got to tell lost people about the fact God loves them. Or we teach children to sing, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. And we almost treat it like it is just elementary truth. Well, I want to say to you, it is the entry point, the starting place, because it's who God is. But it's not just the entry point. It's the whole thing, friend. You see... The more a person matures in their faith and their understanding of God, the more comprehension they have of the love of God, the more overwhelmed they are with the fact God loves them. The love of God is not the kiddie end of the pool, the shallow end. The love of God is the deep end of the pool. And we go deeper and deeper into the love of God. That's why 1 Corinthians 13 is in the Bible. I think it leads us more deeply into God's love. So let's walk through it together. 
We begin in verse number 1 where the Bible says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Notice that God begins in this passage not with the positive of what love is, but with the negative of what it is not. Sometimes the best way to spot the original is to recognize a counterfeit, something uh, that you have tried to substitute in the place of the love of God. And I'm just going to tell you, nothing substitutes for the love of God. Jesus said, By this shall all men know you're my disciples when you have love one for another. He did not say by simply the way you talk or dress or act or smell. You know, He said, By this. This is God's distinguishing mark, is the love of God on your life. There is no greater thing in you or on you than the love of God. That's why 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 8 says, Above all things, have fervent charity. Uh, this is God's emphasis all through Scripture. Uh, read through uh, the epistles, the letters of the New Testament, and repeatedly the love of God comes, the love of God, the love of God. I'm telling you, this is a more excellent way. And today we learn the first reason that it's more excellent. First of all, it's more excellent because of the necessity of this love. In the opening three verses, he essentially says nothing can substitute for it. Nothing substitutes for it. And I mean nothing. Not words. Verse number one, he says you can talk like an angel. You can talk like the most educated man you want to. But if it's just words and there's no love behind it, then it's just noise. There's so much noise in our world today. It's a noisy world, isn't it? But I'm afraid sometimes there's so much noise in our lives. There's so much noise in our churches. Uh, things sometimes sound like charity, but they're not charity. They're bad substitutes, cheap substitutes. We live in a world where people are enamored by folks who speak well. <laughs> May I remind you the devil knows how to speak well? So just because someone knows how to use their mouth does not mean they are full of the love of God. It's why John would later write, in the New Testament, that we're not to love uh, simply in tongue, but in word and in deed, not just in word only. So we're supposed to love people, not just talk about love. So the necessity of the love, words cannot substitute for it. Then he says, not only words, but knowledge and faith and even your spiritual gifts cannot substitute for it. Uh, if words is what sounds most like charity, then knowledge, faith, and gifts is what is most often substituted for charity. We get so proud over things, things that we didn't even produce, things that were given to us by God. If you have any spiritual knowledge and understanding, if you have any faith, if you have any spiritual gifts, if you have any natural abilities, it's because God Himself chose to give you those things. And sometimes we exalt those things. Let me show you what Jesus exalts. He exalts love. He says love is more excellent than all of those things don't let anything substitute for the love of God in your life. And then he goes to the ultimate. In verse number 3, he says, Even sacrifice does not substitute for the love of God. If words is what sounds most like charity, and our gifts and knowledge and faith is what often, most often substitutes for charity, then sacrifice is that which seems most like charity. Somebody said, well, that person's really sacrificing. Did you know a person can sacrifice for selfish reasons? 
They can do it to appear to be a martyr, to talk about what they're giving up, to be recognized by people. And God says, even if you give your body to be burned and you have not charity, it profits you nothing. The little word nothing has really captivated my thinking. Choose twice, once in verse 2, once in verse 3. Did you know it's possible to live your whole Christian life, come to the end and have nothing to show for it? At the judgment seat of Christ, absolutely nothing. I'll tell you what this forces all of us to do today. If you're a sincere Christian, it will force you to examine your own heart, to check your spirit, and to check your motives. See, God's not just concerned with what you're doing, but why you're doing what you're doing. And God says, you may have found a good way, but I've got a more excellent way. Everybody may be doing it a certain way, but I've got a more excellent way. It is a way filled with the love of God. It is absolutely necessary. Nothing can substitute for it. Oh Lord, teach every one of us today your more excellent way. Fill us with the love of God and let the love of God flow through us to others today. In Jesus' name, amen. We would like to encourage you to spend some time meditating on 1 Corinthians 13. We all have much to learn and to apply when it comes to the love of God. Visit us at scottpauley.org to download your free copy of Henry Drummond's book, The Greatest Thing in the World. You'll also find many other helpful resources. We look forward to having you with us the next time on Enjoying the Journey. Thank you.